Welcome to Neutral Exposure, a space for reflection and inspiration with photographers across a range of disciplines. My name's Al Simmons. This episode is with science, tech and advertising photographer, Benedict Raygrove. I hope you enjoy. I guess I'm kind of well known for a couple of things, which is the sort of style of photography I shoot, which tends to be quite clean and graphic um, and technical. Um, and it, that's pretty much the same for the subject matter as well. So I shoot a lot of um, engineering, design, concepts, um, technology. Uh, so anything from a, a, like a fusion reactor, which we've just shot recently with uh, Wired, right down to uh, some tennis shoes, which I did for ASICs last year. Uh, so it's kind of a broad spectrum commercially. And then personally, it's probably more, um, it's more the sort of technical engineering space side of things. Mm. And that's, uh, and that's an interest of yours. And that's, you know, kind of where you've taken your photography or did that just happen through some clients you were working with? Or? Uh, I think that's, that's always been, I mean, the, the sort of technology engineering space side of things has, has been something that that's been with me since day dot. I mean, it's, mm. I know people say they their earliest memory is of whatever, but I genuinely, my first memory is seeing a uh, man walk on the moon, um, obviously not from the moon, mm-hmm. but I was in a, a pram um, in a dark room and in that room was a black and white TV and on that set was, a, was, was a, I'm not sure which mission it was, probably not the first, but um, maybe like 14 or 15. So it, it's, um, it's a, yeah, it's an early memory of mine. And I think my whole childhood has been sort of based around Science fiction, technology, those were the things, the sort of the, the, the excitement of exploration uh, and then a, a real love of engineering and design, those those things combined, that's what really sort of gets me going, really. Okay, and, and, and photography itself, was that something you picked up at a fairly young age? or? Yeah, eight. Okay, wow. <laughs> eight, I had my first camera. Um, my dad made me buy it from him, um, and it was a little Kodak um tiny little Kodak gray camera with a little silver shutter square button mm-hmm. on it and you would load a cartridge in there I think the one what they called? there's a little cartridge that was slot in the back mm-hmm. um and uh, yeah I used to photograph my brothers and photograph the, the building an extension of the garden and everything and it sort of went on from there really um shot during school and then uh, I, would, I would sort of when I left art college I, I, I worked for years as a graphic designer okay um in various design departments of agencies and things around london and outside london and that sort of taught me that 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 sort of love of space and clean aesthetic is where uh, a lot of my work is based um and then um while i was doing that work i was also shooting and i wasn't really sure what i wanted to do at that time so i, I was I thought I wanted to be a reportage photographer. That was that was my the sort of dream was to go off and you know shoot in war zones and 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 sort of have that exciting life. Um, and so I did I did a lot of news stories for a while. Um, and I, whenever I, would, I was shooting sports events as well, and I'd always try and shoot them in a sort of slightly documentary but same time quite clean way. There was always a story to everything I, I shot, and I, I think that kind of continues in a lot of work that I do now. But one day I was at a magazine and um, I was waiting to go in to see the art director and outside was a, 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 a photojournalist who was also waiting to go in. Um, and I think we'd met somewhere before. So I was just asking him what he was doing there. You know, this was, I think we were going to see a um, 
Liverpool Football Club's magazine. Okay. Um, and uh, so we swapped folios. So I, I, I had a look through his and he had a look through mine. And by the time I got halfway through his book, I realised that that is probably not for me. It's he he his he was there so that he could shoot something a little bit more. Um, what would it? What did he say? Just with less death, I think was it. Like, was a bit it, less uh, gore. Yeah. A bit less less gore and death. Um, and so he wanted to go to these football matches and, and you know photograph people having a great time and and um, without the risk of being shot or dying of famine or, or whatever. So it was a, you know, it's a genuine thing. And I could see it in his eyes. And by the time I'd looked through his folio, it was, you know, I, there's such a harrowing experience seeing those things, seeing them as a photograph. Mm. And then, um, and I was pretty sure at the time, my, my makeup, my personal psyche could not handle that. And fortunately, unfortunately, I found myself in a couple of those situations um, later on in life in sort of disaster zones and, and, and relief areas. And, um, yeah, it's, I think once you see that stuff, you can't, you can't unsee it, you know, you can't, you can't unsmell the smell, you can't take away the experience and the memories. And, um, and so I realized that was the right choice. I mean, I've, I know, I genuinely know what a flashback is now and, uh, for any, anyone with sort of PTSD or with the, a soldier returning or a journalist returning who's saying they have flashbacks. It is a horrific experience. It's something that you you can't turn it off and you can't stop it. You just have to let it run its course. And it is these, these sort of visceral images that flash in front of your eyes and you shut your eyes and you try to make them stop, but they just keep going like a terrible flick book. Mm. Um, and so I, I am so 100% certain that I chose <laughs> chose the right course of, uh, sure. of work, which is, to me, is, um, you know, it's, it's not showing the brighter side of life at all, but it's certainly showing an interesting part of life that I think a lot of people probably don't get to see. Yeah, yeah, you do get to go to some pretty unique places. And, I mean, you've, 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 you mentioned how your, your graphic design background has kind of influenced the, the style, and I think you do have quite a distinctive style and kind of you know minimal composition but then there's a lot of detail there as well and um be quite interesting to you know how how does that reflect how you see the world you know the way that you shoot and and and, and compose you know how does that you know what what yeah, aspect, yeah how, do, how, how, how do you how do you think that think that kind of mirrors you, i mean it, it, it's it's a good point i i it wasn't until i sort of i don't know about maybe about 10 years ago that i think i really started to understand that i do I see things slightly differently. You know, when you're having a conversation with someone, you're talking about your surroundings or or what you're going to go and do or where you've been. I tend to talk things in, in sort of quite a, a, a straight kind of way and was quite direct about the objects and how they were. And and I remember, um, I, I think I've always seen things either in their singularity, and if I've seen them in their singularity, then I, I see, see ways of seeing around that, these planned views. Um, and I think I think that's a sort of influence from from slight sort of uh, being on the spectrum a little bit mm -hmm. like, okay. in that way. Um, and I, I think there's also that thing of um, a technical engineering. So whenever I, I used to love looking at blueprints of things and engineering drawings of things, and they are showing they're obviously showing things in plan view and from from different perspectives. I love architectural drawings and you know all of these these things make sense to me by seeing the 
the sort of parts of something and mm. see the uh, the different views, then you make up, you sort of make a 3D render in your head, you know. Yeah, sure. Um, and so I tend to shoot like that. And, and it's all part of that story as well of that, of, of seeing things as a story. So one object, you can shoot it in different ways and make up this story from the, from the macro parts. Say, for example, um, one of the new EMU or the latest EMU helmet that the astronauts wear on on uh, on spacewalks. So that's made up of lots of different components, and you put them together, and you've got this incredible helmet, which symbolises exploration. And and so there's lots of things going on there. There's all the metaphors. There's there's actual technical engineering. There's material changes. There's design mm -hmm. aesthetic. Um, so there's lots of things to show, and I feel like I'm trying, whenever I'm trying to show those objects, it's from the macro, from the tiny scratches on the gold visor, right up to the actual object itself. Mm. Um, and I think that's how, that's how I tend to see everything. And then I see things in sets. So I'll see that one helmet and then the other helmets that we've shot in the mm. process. Um, and it, it does make you look at things in a slightly different way. And, you know, whenever your, your day, my day to day, of activities tend to be quite focused on certain things okay um, yeah a fixation with stuff i would say yeah and then and was it a kind of your i suppose your route into full-time professional photography was there any kind of challenges to you know maintaining that your vision you know did you have to kind of compromise much along the way to kind of i suppose get to the position where you are now um yeah that's a really interesting question actually uh i would say um i would say because you don't go into some i i well i didn't go into something with this vision of how it's going to be mm. it, it's pretty much a development as i've gone on you know my work has definitely developed um for, for me anyway so we sort of move forward in certain aspects and i think once you start believing in what you're doing um then that helps with that with that sort of pressing forward mm. and you start to get um People start believing in you more, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's not really an arrogance, but it's more of a, a self-determination of like, this is, you know, I can feel this. There's a resonance inside me when I look at something and I know, for example, if, we, if we're going to go on a shoot and uh, it's a commercial job, if I can't, if I can't picture that job before we go on it, then it's, mm -hmm. it's not really going to be as successful as one that I could have a total clear vision of how exactly how I want it to look. Mm. And so I think it's the same when you when you're developing your work. If you you sometimes it's a little bit clouded and you're a bit unsure of what you're doing. So with me it's been it has been that slow development. I I I, I sort of went about it in a reverse way. So I left my graphics job. I was already shooting by the time I left my as a graphic designer, I was already shooting sports events and um, and some architecture and travel. Mm. Um, but because I haven't, you know, I taught myself basically, I've got no formal training. Um, and so I, I thought I really should try and understand this a bit better if I'm going to try and make a living out of it. Sure. I started assisting a couple of photographers um, and I did that for a while and I, I wasn't a particularly wonderful assistant because I already tasted the work side of it, <laughs> knew what I wanted to do, but was picking up little bits as I went. Um, and then I think when I started shooting, there was a definite style as to what, you know, how things were going to go. Mm. Um, yeah, that, I, that's, that sort of took root in its, in the editorial years, I think really. Yeah. And you know, you, the, the work that you do is, is so very kind of heavily compositional and mm. there's, there's clearly quite a lot of control behind it, but have you kind of maintained, I suppose, that approach of 
reportage or documentary in, in in the actual process of your shooting as well in, uh, uh, yeah i mean maybe it's not it might not be so apparent in the in the end result perhaps um it's certainly there when i'm thinking about it um the, the sort of early production stages and throughout the shoot actually i'm always looking at how can i make a sort of I mean, I wouldn't say it's a documentary, rep, you know, style because that would suggest, you know, no retouching, no nothing. Sure. There's evidently post-production in what I do because I want things to look this kind of ultra clean. Ultra... But it's, it's, it's as far from shooting from the hip as you could get, you know, it's, it's yeah. very composed. You know? Yeah, it is. Um, although, and I think a lot of that's come about through, you know, my I, I, when I started shooting, we were shooting on sort of, um, I was shooting on an RZ that's the, you know that those were the cameras we started when I started shooting commercially um and I love that format that 6.7 format it was just I still think it's one of the best um, formats ever made. um and um so so that slows you down automatically you know and then you start to be very very careful about the composition um, and I was already quite graphic when I was shooting with my I had a Nikon F3 with a motor drive md4 drive on it so that was a weapon that camera um but it was bloody amazing you know that made you slow you down a little bit as well but then you start shooting on an rz slows down even more then i shot 5.4 even more so yeah, yeah um and and but you're really careful about what's in the frame what's not in the frame mm. um uh and so that 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 tended to guide how i worked a little bit but recently um i think because camera technology has moved on so much and with the digital 35mm cameras now you've got a, a high resolution image on there that's very good and the lenses now that are coming out are just fantastic you know so I think I'm sort of moving a little bit back to using that format that's slightly easier to work with you can I can I can shoot more images during the day because I'm I'm able to move around a lot more and the image quality is is where I want it to be okay. um and now it's just coming down to you know the systems that you like you know how does it feel in the hand well it has the, the UI all that kind of work but um but so there's a there is a there's a there's a there's a definite difference now between can I shoot it on medium format have I got the time um is it you know is there are, are the uh, the the sort of facilities there to allow you to do that mm -hmm. if so then yes we'll do that uh and if not then we'll shoot on the on the 35 mil um on the dslr mm -hmm. and what was your in terms of transitioning between yeah working on 35 millimeter film or or five by four or the rz you know what was your first transition into digital as well and uh, i suppose particularly medium format you know knowing that you, you are a, yeah uh we were doing we were shooting a job for GE um, in Germany, uh, this is years back, and it, when we used to shoot on a, so I had a 503 CW Hasselblad with, uh, uh, well, we were shooting on a P45 then, uh, and then moved on to the P65 plus, uh, which is quite a big markup difference in, you know, quality of imagery and available light and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Um, and so I've always shot with those, with those backs. Um, and now it's onto a you know an IQ3 with a, a 100 megapixel back on that, and that's a you know that's a very different beast altogether. It's sort of the quality's there. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, the quality's ridiculous on those things. It's just it's so high. It's not even worth you know making a comparison. But um, 
I, I think that the 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 reason is still there though you know when if you have the time to compose an image on that there's so, there's a certain satisfaction in um the way you're working the that that feeling back through when you're looking through the lens you look through the viewfinder or you're looking on your laptop um there's something that you know you've got mm. it's a bit more instant on a 35 mil and i'm still trying to get my head around how good the image quality is in those yeah yeah um, but you know, when you when you when you're there with that digital back, knowing you can you know crop in or whatever you need to do as well later on, they're pretty good. And then things like you know focus stacking, which I know is available on 35 mil cameras too, but there is that that there's a quality there that is um, just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I you know, as in my own work, I put like quite a lot of value in the process. You know, mm -hmm. I like that slow process and and and, and really kind of uh, yeah taking time before even pressing the shutter to, you know, you know, is everything lined up how it should be? Is that, you know, is, is the yeah. shutter here, you know, is it going to be what I want it to be? And um, yeah, I think that very much differs to the, yeah, the handheld 35 yeah. mil kind of, yeah, the more, the more run and gun approach. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when we did, when we started the NASA project, talking of taking time to get your first shot, I mean, that was five, five years of, um, of, of taking the first picture. We were, the first shot we took was inside the, space station trainer at houston so we're standing inside there shooting the, the japanese um lab uh and so i stood there with my assistant and we spent ages we actually shot that on a an alpa with the p65 back on it uh and i remember getting that set up and that's you know no, no live view you know <laughs> that was particularly difficult you know you're you're working on a really difficult technical camera mm. that is um you have to set up perfectly or else nothing's going to be sharp um and then you've got to line everything up and then you've got to make sure you kind of run through this section of like shooting all four quadrants to make sure that you are actually square yeah. onto an object that actually isn't square itself yeah brilliant. <laughs> that was a that was a bit of a head free um yeah so uh that was fun but you know that 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 process though is so you have to be so sure of what you're doing mm. and because you're spending a lot of time on this and you don't have a lot of time to do it yeah so um you need to make sure that you do your, your one shot you're going to take of that is as good as it can be yeah um given the circumstances and and uh you know environmental impacts that you have yeah, sure. out there of, of things that aren't lining up so um yeah it's it, it is process to me is is a massive part of it and that uh, you when you look back over the images where you spent a lot of time thinking about something and, and actually you know making putting your heart and soul into that shot i think that's you get a reward back from that whether whether others do sure, yeah, yeah, no, I, no, no. I, I, would, I would agree though yeah, um, yeah. well that, that that takes us nicely on to the onto the nasa project which i think mm. is, um is it well it's it's an obviously monumental project mm. uh but it'd be really good you know just to hear a bit about how how that came about you know how did you how did you begin working with nasa and, and get the kind of access that you've ended up getting yeah well so i briefly touched on there so it took um I think it was about four and a half years of for me having the initial idea um to speaking to the right people um and getting the permission you know nasa is a huge it's a government-run organization and so you have people that are working for one department who then needs to speak to another department who then needs to get clearance who then you know it just goes up and up and up 
Um, and really, it took a long, long time to find the right people to then get them to say, okay, actually, if you're going to do this, this is what you need. And um, we sort of ran, after about two years, we got to speak to a, a couple of the sort of quite like seriously high guys there. And they, I ended up on a phone call to one of them and he just said, project's too big. You, okay. need happen. you need to you need to cut it back and then we can start looking at it so i cut it back from uh from everything i wanted to do the, ori the original project idea was just to shoot spacesuits uh then i got a <laughs> and i jumped jumped the gun a little bit and tried to in, uh, sort of cover everything that um nasa did all their sites everything mm. um which you know would have been lovely but um i think time wise and uh, everything else is probably impossible um but eventually um my friends at wired magazine helped me out with the sort of initial okay getting in there um so yeah uk wired basically were, were very good supporters and helped me out and then from there i developed a good relationship with all the people um, in the pr departments at the various sites and eventually we did the first shot, as I said, after four and a half years, um, and then it sort of built up. You know, there's a level of trust, I guess, you have to you have to establish, um, and you know, be. I mean, it's like all things in life, right? Just be nice, sure. be a nice person, yeah. talk to people the way you want to be spoken to, and um, and and you know, don't do things that you shouldn't be doing. So that seems to stand me in quite good stead with them. And then mm -hmm. we spent the next four and a half years shooting at various locations. Um, you know, building up different kinds of um, uh, a sort of shot list of, of where we wanted to go with it. Mm. Uh, program progressed from there. And now, you know, obviously it then turned into the book, which the book, so the original plan for the project was to make an exhibition. That mm. was what I wanted to do. I wanted to, um, I wanted to show the images in a way that the public or the, you know, whoever's coming to see them would understand how I feel about exploration design mm. um, and, and NASA um, so my the main example being the spacesuit so you know when you think about an astronaut you tend to think of someone in a spacesuit that's that's kind of the the, the, the sort of vision most people have yeah um, and it's it's that that kind of uh, that association between person and suit the technology and the human interaction that when you um, when you see the suit, I wanted you to have this kind of feeling of awe and reverence in the, the same way that I do towards them. Mm -hmm. So the idea was to to print the suits up to about the suit would be I worked it out now. We projected it in the end against the wall to work out the ultimate size, but six foot eleven. If the suit's yeah. six foot eleven, yeah. it's not big enough that it's over you know, over normal size that it yeah, has yeah. but not too large that it, it's it starts to um look a little bit comical. And then it's on, on, a, on a sheet that's about nine foot, and that's a one foot off the ground. Okay, so wow. you have this kind of iconic image, you know. And is that is that still an uh, an idea to kind of put it together as an exhibition? You know, what's 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 the next stage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the book was going to be originally was just going to be something small to accompany a, bit, the, a little zine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, pretty much, right? That's that's what it was going to be, but um, then it turned into this. 384 page 200 I've not, I've not held it in my hands but it looks pretty it looks monumental in itself <laughs> it, yeah. it's large it's five just over five kilos so 11 pounds mm. um and it is yeah it's that a lot of people when they get it they're like oh 
yeah it's pretty big um and it's you know and so my graphic background helped me i mean i did i produced the whole thing so i designed it and and, and laid it all out and, um and it it's uh yeah it's a fairly weighty tone but the exhibition now is the idea for the exhibition has kind of progressed and it's much there are there are sort of a couple of parts to it now where it's going to be more of a sort of experiential thing uh for a couple of rooms that will make this comparison between um you having this awe and reverence towards these objects so i i as the projects progressed i've learned a lot more about why i'm making it which is a really okay. interesting thing which is something that had never really occurred to me you know i love obviously love the base obviously love engineering obviously love nasa but why am i wanting to show these things in their singularity and what's so important for me to make other people try and understand that mm. and I, I kind of looked at it apart as as a comparison to uh, a sort of religious um uh calling almost so when i saw space shuttle atlantis for the first time there was, there was a definite reaction i had to this where it was this was something that i'd revered throughout my childhood and I was standing next to an object that had been launched into space it's traveled at you know seventeen and a half thousand miles an hour all the earth numerous missions of very importance and um there it was in front of me this this incredible object and it, I I don't get I don't really get blown away by many people you know actors sports stars celebrity thing just it it, it doesn't really mean much to me, but you throw me in a room with a scientist or something. I'm suddenly like, wow, this is, this is an incredible person. Um, and you put me in a room with an object like that, and it, there is a massive. I have this enormous sense of of kind of overwhelming um, reverence towards it, uh, and so I wanted to make that scene or that that feeling felt by by other people. So it's it's kind of grown beyond the purely the images themselves. It's more yes, and I, I think. Yeah, and, and I think it, it is that thing of the, you know the, the 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 objects are all greater than the sum of their parts. You know they have they have this energy now. So when you go and see some moon rocks, it's not just a rock, right? That's something that's been on the moon. That's something that's it is incredibly financially valuable to some people, but more emotionally and, and sort of I would say sort of kind of spiritually valuable than other ones. You know, if you let someone hold that, then they'll feel they will. Feel feel something incredible um i mean i i got given i didn't i, didn't, I got given hold uh one of the lunar hasselblads that all the, the the apollo crews had used to train with and i you know i mean i i'm uh i i get quite uh emotional when when those <laughs> things are, are, are sort of thrust upon me and i definitely there was my assistant will tell you there was definitely a tear when i was holding that thing because yeah, yeah. You, know, you, you take the back off and there's the ground glass with those crosshairs on. Yeah. You know, you can't help. A, every Apollo crew has held this camera and used it. Mm. Um, and B, it's just that that sort of connection with something that I hold incredibly uh, dear. You know. Wow. And um, you mentioned the kind of uh, you know that first that first shot. You know, you were kind of, I suppose, slightly up against the the, the you know the, the pressure to get it. And did that did that process? change as the project went on you know did you were you able to have a bit more freedom with the objects and and more time to be able to produce what you wanted to produce or it's it's a, it's a really interesting process actually so you know like i say four and a half years to get the first one and we were there for um two days or day and a half photographing inside the space station um 
And then when we were leaving that building, we went out to the entrance where they had uh, some of the Robonauts and, and older generation ones and the new ones. Um, and so we would then say, well, you know, can we photograph that? But then you have to reapply for everything. So there's a, an application process, obviously fly back to London, work on the shots, then fly back and do it all again. So it's, it's an expensive project to do. Um, me and my retouchers worked it out and I'm not going to go into the figures, but it was a frightening, you know, you could, it was a 10 year project, <laughs> 10 year project and you could easily buy a house. Um, and it, it you know, it, it was a ridiculous amount, but it, it's once you start on that road, you just, you just carry on through. And so each time we would, we would tend to sort of know what we wanted to shoot while we were there, we'd probably see something that we didn't realize we could. I mean, for some instances, we, I, I wanted to go and shoot some suits. So I went and spoke to the suits team and spent a day with them. And um, whilst I was there, we'd come up through the back of this building. It, it, it's kind of a maze over at NASA. Um, and we'd come up back through a, a part of the building, walk past through this hallway. And in the, in the corridor was this glass cabinet with all these sort of incredible artifacts in. And um, I, I've shot in various places where people who work there will collect the objects that they're working on. If they're not being um, uh, sort of remade into another development of a prototype, invariably someone there will be this kind of slightly nerdy historian. And so they'll go, ah, oh, we could, you know, we should keep that for posterity. And luckily, for my luck and, and the project's sake, uh, a couple of the guys had, had done that over the years. And so they had some of the, the helmets from the space shuttle era, the launch helmets, they had blood right going right back to Gemini and Mercury. And these these are all originals. You know, this stuff is incredible. Um, and I looked at the cabinet and just said, wow, <laughs> is there any way we can get access to that? And so they, they kindly said yes. And then they um, proceeded to break in because nobody had the key. <laughs> so I was at NASA with them breaking into a glass cabinet, which was quite good fun. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, moments like that are, are are pretty incredible, really, to get to get access to those things, see the areas that we got to see, and have the support. You know, it's it's pretty incredible. Was it with with the images? Uh, did they have a kind of a, a value to, to to NASA as a as an organisation? Um. Well, I mean, NASA obviously can't because they're a government-funded organisation. You know, they they can't be seen to be promoting somebody okay. else's private or you know art project i guess um i mean the, the 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 people i know at nasa who have seen it uh all you know they they really like it they really they really enjoy it I've got people at spacex and jpl and all those people that you know they've the books sort of been sold to various people there and um yeah they all like it uh, I, I i've only had positive you know feedback from them and it's um that's nice. You know, I had, I've had some emails from people who worked at NASA for years um, and sort of engineers and things. And they, they all say, they make some lovely comments. And the ones that are really nice are things like, you know, I've worked on this stuff for years. I've worked on the, you know, I worked on the, the Apollo program. I worked on the shuttle. And, um, and it's nice to see something in a way that we see it, which is, that is a, that's a lovely, that's a really lovely comment, you know, that, that I've managed to show something that an engineer sees. I, I kind of I guess it goes back to your your enthusiasm in the in the subject itself. You know that that comes across in the images. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're all. You know, I mean, this is uh, this is something I say to a lot of people who are starting out, which is, you know, shoot 
shoot what you really enjoy and shoot what you love because you're going to put more of yourself into that. If you're just copying what other people do or you're, you know, doing something because you think you should be doing it, um, then that you're never going to, you're never going to bring yourself into that. You can only put what you love or your view of something into, into your project. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've definitely, you know, I love, I respect great engineering and great design. I love technology and I love exploration, no matter where it is, but particularly space exploration. Um, and a thirst for knowledge, you know, is how, you know, that's one of the greatest things yeah, we've got, right? There's a brain that we can feed all this information to. So um, the space program to me is, you know, in, in every single form, it brings something to, to everyone's daily life, whether that's you know, research into materials or research into human physiology, all of that stuff is, you know, a lot of it stems from there. And how, how important was the the resolution to the project, you know, in terms of how you want to display it or your vision for it, you know, how, how, how important was the, uh, well, medium format, essentially? Uh, well, I mean, vital, yeah. There's no, there's no sort of two ways about it, really. Um, you know, if I could have had one of the new 150 backs when I was when I when we started shooting um then I would be a very happy man because uh you know we were we were sort of stitching p65 images together um and of course you're not using the full area of that so um and you know the intention being that each of these images we want to print as large as possible so you know I was saying the suits are six foot eleven I've got we did one of the shots of Atlantis engines was made up of 40 exposures so that's a focus stacking yeah. on an alpha uh, on, a, on the x-y axis so top <laughs> you've, got, you've got to be bloody sure right I mean you know you know you need to make sure that what you're doing is working so I think the hardest one I did was I shot the Saturn V engines from the back on my own on an Alpa on an XY blind. So <laughs> I had the camera up on the top of the tripod, um, but I could just about reach to, I had to make sure I could oh, yeah, cock yeah, the shutter. Yeah. Wake it up. Um, and then cock the shutter and then wind the back across up down. Um, and uh, so I was spent like an hour just getting this thing lined up and square. I'm pretty sure it's not bang on. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty close. Um, but it, yeah, it spent a long time with kids walking past. Going, what are you doing? What are you doing, Mister? Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was <laughs> being the object of interest <laughs> while you were at NASA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know, if I'd had, if there'd been a higher resolution back, then um, I would have loved it because. The, it's really hard it's like you know when you explain to someone about a focus stack on on a camera it's not just that the image is sharp there is there's an extra dimension to it it's not just you seeing it sharp all the way through you're seeing it better than you it's almost better oh, than yeah, it is yeah. in real life You've got that impossible depth um, yeah. it, it's the impossible depth and everything is so incredibly crisp because you're using that, you know, that best bit of the lens. You're using the, the best bit of everything, basically, and it, yeah, I, it, it really does work. It shows up so beautifully, especially on those things like Atlantis engines or the, the front of the shuttle. I had a guy, uh, one of my um, collectors, bought uh, a shot of the front three-quarter view of the shuttle, so it's kind of panned at an angle, and um, 
it's really interesting when you talk to different people when they're buying print. Uh, these are large format prints. You know, they're, they're the smallest ones we tend to do are like five foot right. by four foot, so one point two by one point yeah. five meters. They're you know, pretty big, and they go up. They go up to uh, twelve foot by eight foot, I think, or twelve wow. foot by ten foot. Yeah, yeah. Big. Um, but, you know, when you he the thing that he was talking about was the detail. He wanted to see that detail in the in the fabric that's around the space shuttle, um, and it you know it's there. It's 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 really beautifully crisp and clear um and you, you know you, you can't get that on you know you've got that lovely big big center um and then when you're stacking as well it's just it's yeah, yeah unreal nice detail yeah. yeah um what's yeah. um i suppose in light of everything that's going on at the moment you know is the well i'm assuming that the timeline for the for the exhibition has, has, has shifted quite a lot you know kind of what's mm. uh, i suppose it's a unanswered question at this stage but have you got any sense of when when that might be possible or or uh it's because because the exhibition itself the sort of the, the fundamental part of it has changed we now have to sort of look at slightly different venues that can house it and also we need um probably some fairly serious funding for it as well uh, and also people that are going to, you know, believe in it. So whether that's um, various backers, really, I would, I would think. So that has has changed so much that um, we're having to speak to different okay. people now that we spoke to. Recently. Yeah. So I, I would say stay tuned. You know, there, there'll be news on that um, as soon as we've got more news on um, uh, how it, how, when it might potentially happen. Then um, I'll certainly put it out. Yeah. Have you got anything else? You've you kind of. Touched on what might be kind of cooking underneath this kind of next projects, but have you got anything kind of that you'd had big for this for this year planned or outside of that um, there, stuff? Yeah, there's there's a project that I'm supposed to do with European Space Agency that again that this is you know obviously put a lot of uh, uh, hold on, on on that project, um, and there there are some there's a project that I was shooting at the same time as the the NASA project was finishing. Uh, which is a, a, a set of films and some still uh, sort of a photographic project as well. So that's that's at the end of that project. And then there's two others that um, I'm trying to start uh, that will be really nice as well if we can get them off the cool. ground. And with everything that's going on, if you if you weren't able to uh, if you weren't able to work with photography, you know what what would be keeping you sane at this point, or what might have to keep you sane in the months to come. Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm literally doing, redoing, so sort of updating website design. So that that's, that's you know, I'm basically staying, doing what I would be doing, but just without the shooting element for the moment. Um, so there's, I'm working on uh, how that's all going to change um, and uh, and fo just general folio, commercial right. folio work. And then also development of the exhibition. So that's, that's kind of a, it's quite a, an in-depth project. But, and then the starting, the sort of production side, the pre-production part, of the next projects as well, um, which takes a bit of research, uh, and it's again, you know, I had I had ideas to start two two other projects, um, but they, I started going into production on that, and then realised that other people were probably doing something, might be right. doing something similar, or had started similar. So I I'm, I'm not one to to do sure. what everyone else yeah, is yeah. doing. So I just about that's like six six to eight months work that I've just. Okay. Cut because 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of do it. So I'm going to carry on with the two others that I know are um, have not been done and um, try and get those off the ground. I think those will be um, that they're just certainly something that is interest of interest. Oh, to it me sounds too. interesting. I mean, it sounds like you've got enough to keep you uh, keep you occupied while you're in uh, in isolation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I think it's uh, it's it's safe to say the project is is pretty incredible, and I think. Um, you know, we, we linked to your website at the beginning and, and there's a lot of information on there and, you know, people should absolutely check it out. And uh, when Brilliant. when the time comes to, to see it somewhere, um, yeah, we, I look yeah. forward to the update. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's been, uh, it's, it's been good to chat to you anyway. I mean, we'll, uh, we'll round it up there. I mean, um, I suppose uh, one, one last question would be, um, is there any, any, I suppose, kind of... Uh, wisdom you would like what what if, if, if you were a photographer right now and you know you found yourself in this position of you know of kind of forced uh, forced unemployment you know what what would you kind of be focusing your your attentions on um, i mean I, I my as i touched on earlier on i think you know do your own work so find find subjects that resonate with you i think when i started when the nasa nasa project started i was in a particular point that was um quite low on creativity i think on on my own personal work i was working a lot of com- i was doing a lot of commercial work but there was nothing that was really satisfying me and so i think really you know use this time to don't use inactivity for a lack of production is quite a I like that. so i think you, you you know just just use this time to let your ideas sit with you and and see what starts to you know be that little itch that you you have to scratch it just there's normally something that you feel well certainly from my own personal point of view if i'm thinking of an idea or if there's there's if there's a, a project that, that i'm still starting to touch on then there is a bit of you that starts to feel right about that subject and wants to explore and the ones that i feel are pushed are the ones that don't tend mm-hmm. to be right and doing a lot of work that doesn't yeah, feel okay. right so do something that resonates with you and um, and use this time to find out what that is. Excellent. I like it a lot. Well, um, yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this, man. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Nice to speak to you.